0: It goes without saying that this podcast contains spoilers. If you value ignorance in your reading and watching experience, maybe come back to this show after you've read and watched the featured material. But let's be honest, if you don't know already, he sees dead people. Welcome to Author's Intent. Everyone, this is Dixie Lee. I am the host of this podcast uh, called Authors' Intent. It's been a, it's been, it's been a minute. Um, I released a update last week, I think, um, explaining kind of why it's taken so long for me to record and why I'm changing the format of my episodes from here on out, I'm going to reiterate that I am not going to spend much more time in the Harry Potter series for a lot of reasons. The most specific one is the writer and her general horribleness. And I just, I really don't want to be associated with with that, and I don't want this podcast to be associated with hate. So, this episode is going to be a bit different. When we get into our next book, which will be The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I will go back to probably chapter by chapter, but seeing how it's a shorter book, I'll probably do one half and then a second half. Um, And, you know, Talk about all the stuff. Conveniently, there's only, I think, four movies for the Chronicles of Narnia, so that makes my job a little bit easier. I might come back to Harry Potter later, but uh, as it stands right now, I am not really interested in promoting uh, garbage humans. So, um,. <laughs> I'm going to make this a pretty short episode as well. And instead of doing, instead of talking about all of the very minute details of specific scenes or specific parts of the book, I'm just going to jump straight into what's not in the movie and what's in the book. And honestly, this movie is pretty accurate to the book. So the last episode where we talked about the book and the movie, um, it was right before Hagrid shows up to, uh, to tell Harry that he's a wizard, um, which basically everything in this book or in the movie happens um, that happens in the book. It's mostly uh, scene changes and characters that are left out. Um, and there's two big ones that I really want to talk about. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. So where we left off, uh, Hagrid shows up to the shack in the middle of the ocean, tells Harry he's a wizard, uh, turns Dudley's butt into a pig butt, he gets a pigtail, and I think he gets a snout too, I can't remember, I haven't read it in like two weeks. Um, Harry goes with Hagrid the next day to Diagon Alley, where he gets... Uh, into Gringotts Bank, where he finds out that he is loaded with cash from his parents. He gets his wand. He gets a special, special gift from Hagrid that is Hedwig the owl. Um, He actually also, and this is a big thing that's different from the movie, he asks Hagrid about Voldemort when they're in the shack still. So the whole scene that happens in the Leaky Cauldron where he's like, I can't spell his name, all that. That just happens earlier in the book. It still happens. It's just not in the exact right spot, which makes sense with uh, casting and cues and just like story fluidness for movies. It's not really that big of an issue that they moved it from a cabin in the middle of the ocean to the leaky cauldron off of Diagon Alley. So it's like, get over it, you know, that kind of stuff. So, another big difference that we see here between the book and the movie, Hagrid meets Harry on his birthday, and we know that school, that Hogwarts, doesn't start until September 1st. The movie makes it seem like he spent a month's worth of time with Hagrid at, like, Diagon Alley and Gringotts and, you know, like, in the leaky cauldron. That's not that's not what happened. He didn't spend an entire month with this stranger in, in a weird bar. And yeah, it's no, he didn't do that. He went back to the Dursleys. The Dursleys actually had to drive him to the train station. Another fact is, uh, apparently I've never been there. So I can't, I can't like fact check this. If you've been to London and you know, this for sure, please message me and let me know. But I heard that, where Harry is dropped off to get on the train to go to Hogwarts, there isn't actually a station where like the station doesn't go past nine. Like there's no way it could be a nine and three quarters because there's not a nine or a ten at at the station. but JK. Rowling is wrong about a lot of things. So, you know, why not put some of that in her books? Anyway, Harry goes to platform nine and three quarters after spending another month with the Dursleys. Uh, We also see that he actually gets his room at the beginning of the book. He gets to live in the spare bedroom that was Dudley's second bedroom because the Dursleys are terrified of Hagrid and terrified that, you know, he's going to turn their son into a pig if they don't treat Harry better. So they give Harry a bedroom after, you know, 11 years. (laughs) It's like, whatever. You don't fit in the closet anymore, I guess. So, Harry gets on the train, and this is where he meets, uh, oh, actually, go back. Let's go back. Harry actually meets Draco Malfoy in Diagon Alley. He does not meet him on, or in Hogwarts. That's another one of those things where they're just like, we'll just kind of, like, transplant that to a spot that makes more sense for a movie. Again, isn't a huge difference but we do see in later books that they run into each other a lot in the same place and it's Madame Malkin's uh robe shop in Diagon Alley so he runs into Malfoy in book one I believe he runs into them in book four when they're buying dress robes um and then I think again in a later book but I'm not 100% sure he meets Malfoy, Draco Malfoy in this dress shop. Anyway, back to the train. So Harry gets on the train. He gets help passing through the the wall from a witch that he overhears talking about platform nine and three quarters, which ends up being Ron Weasley's mother. and this is when he meets Ron Weasley. They end up sitting in a cabin together and talking, and this is when Ron finds out Harry is Harry Potter, of course and hermione comes in later and tells ron he's got dirt on his nose blah 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 all that stuff happens so we get to hogwarts they sail across the river to hogwarts because they're first years and they need a dramatic entrance entrance and honestly this is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie like it's just so majestic and beautiful and you know it's like it's like going to neverland. Like I never want to grow up. I never want to like, leave this beautiful majestic moment. And then you grow up and you're 28 years old and you find out JK Rowling's a turf and you're like, "Oh, I guess life kind of sucks." So, that's cool. Anyway, get to Hogwarts. Everybody gets sorted. Um everything else is kind of similar. There's little things that you don't get from the book in the movie, but Like I said before, it's relatively accurate considering uh, how much information is in the book. Now I want to talk to you guys about the most specific things, like the most irksome things for me in the movie, or not in the movie, I should say. And that would be either incorrect interpretations of characters or the lack of of characters. So there are a few characters that you don't see. Uh, I believe you don't see Professor Binns, which is a ghost in Hogwarts that teaches um, history, which is just funny because it's just a death. The story in the book is that Professor Binns was teaching at Hogwarts alive. And one day he woke up and he was a ghost, So he had just died in his sleep. And instead of, you know, like going to the next life or whatever, he just kept teaching. (laughs) So this ghost just like he's just he's the teacher. So that's cool. I think it's funny. He's very monotonous and very dull and just like drones on and on and on about stuff. Uh, Very interesting character, but obviously did not make the cut because you know, ghosts aren't real. I don't know. Another big character that was cut from the movies, all of the movies. Apparently, this character had recorded, like, a scene, but in the end, they decided to cut him from the movie completely, and that would be Peeves the Poltergeist. Peeves is not a ghost. He is, like a phenomenon that just happens to happen in Hogwarts. He is a troublemaker. He has a lot of dialogue with the, the Weasley twins, so Fred and George and Peeves get along great. He is known for like wreaking havoc in the most annoying and just irksome ways. There's a lot of stuff about him spitting paper balls at people. Um, there's... A good amount of stuff about him like totally destroying the the trophy room and a lot of stuff about the squib caretaker for Hogwarts just constantly trying to get him kicked out of the school. He is such a funny character in all of the all of the books and there's a lot of stuff written about trying to sneak around Peeves and just trying to avoid him at all costs. And it seems like the only people that have any control over Peeves are sometimes Professor McGonagall, sometimes Dumbledore, but he Peeves is specifically terrified of the Bloody Baron. Now, the Bloody Baron is in the movie, but he is portrayed so terribly. The Bloody Baron is the house ghost for Slytherin House. So there's house ghosts for each of the houses. Bloody Baron is for Slytherin. Nearly Headless Nick is the house ghost for Gryffindor. The Grey Lady is the house for, or is the ghost for Ravenclaw. And then the Fat Friar is the ghost for Hufflepuff, which that's just, that's just rude. Fat Friar. I mean, he's cool. And you kind of see all of these ghosts intermittently in the movies, more so in the earlier ones, they kind of stopped doing ghost stuff when, uh, they got to like the third movie, except for like Moaning Myrtle. And you know, you see the gray lady in the last movie, but you don't really see a whole lot of the other ghosts after the Chamber of Secrets. And there's a lot of stuff that happens with the ghosts and it's just not in the movies and it's fine, but that's one of the things that makes Hogwarts so weird and so, like, mystical. Like, there's just dead people floating around. Like, you can talk to a guy that died 2,000 years ago. He's floating right next to me. That's just so cool. Anyway, to get back to the Bloody Baron. The Bloody Baron is the house ghost for Slytherin. In the movie, he is portrayed as a pirate. He kind of looks like Captain Hook from that Robin Williams movie, Hook. And I, I don't know why, but this pisses me off so much in the books the bloody baron is called the bloody baron because he looks terrifying and he's covered in silver silver fluid that is the blood of another human <laughs> when he died he was covered in blood <laughs> and also he's covered in blood because he just killed helena ravenclaw yeah the ghost for for the other house, he killed that ghost and they hang out together and it's fine. So I think it's just of all the things, like I'm okay with the little things being cut. I'm okay with them changing the tasks that you have to do to get to the sorcerer's stone. I'm okay with, you know, all of the little things that just really aren't necessary, like changing some scenes to be in different scenes and some characters kind of look different. But this one, along with Aunt Petunia's look, you should have just invested in those because the Bloody Baron is terrifying. And the Bloody Baron is the only character or the only ghost that has any control over Peeves, another character that you don't see. So there's many times that ghosts threaten Peeves with the bloody baron. Like they say, I'm going to go get the bloody baron if you don't knock it off. And Peeve stops and runs away. Like <laughs> he's such an integral part of this story. <laughs> and it's it's his story is interwoven into so many things and oh, it's just so good. So, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't want to make it a super long episode and honestly, it's not. I'd be surprised if it was 20 minutes. Um, I have a lot of feelings about the stuff that has been going on, uh, but I'm trying to keep my opinions unsuccessfully out of everything that I do because I don't want to assume that you agree with me. So I would just ask that you take the time to study and learn as much as you can about the people that you let have influence in your life. And I'm saying this because I am so unbelievably disappointed in the author of this book. It is genuinely traumatizing to open Twitter and just see how much hate a person is capable of having in their heart. It's not okay. It's just not. I would like to say I've had this conversation a few times. I still love these books. I I will always love the Harry Potter books. They have done so much for me as a person. They these books were there for me when my parents weren't. These books did more for me growing up than most family members would. I've learned so much by reading these and I have become a more empathetic and passionate person because of the stories that are in these books. And it is so hard to see the person who created this world be so ignorant. So I will still continue to read these books. I will probably not from this point forward promote or purchase anything that funds her in anything, unless she were to recant what she said and, and apologize for such hurtful comments. That being said, like I said, just educate yourselves, know what people are saying, understand what your beliefs and what your morals and what your limits are. I know there are a lot of people that are refusing to talk about Harry Potter. They're refusing to read Harry Potter. They're refusing to support JK Rowling in any physical, emotional, spiritual, any, any way. I have resigned myself with being okay with what she has done in the past and not celebrating what she will do in the future. So I hope that makes sense. That being said, I'm going to just drop like a butt ton of of spoilers right now. So if you don't want any spoilers for Harry Potter, I'm just, I'm literally just going to list off a bunch of stuff that you probably don't know. Snape is a good guy. <laughs> Snape is not the bad guy. Snape is on Harry's team. Surprise. Voldemort sucks. Umbridge is worse than Voldemort. Umbridge is the closest to trump that a fictional character could ever get i think again that's my opinion Uh, ron and hermione get together and have kids harry and Ginny get together and have kids and get married draco malfoy doesn't get arrested for anything (laughs) he see okay this this is something that doesn't make sense to me all of the death eaters that like didn't die ended up in, like, Azkaban, and Draco was a Death Eater. Even unwillingly, he- it's just- it's whatever. Anyway, Dumbledore dies in book six. Uh, Sirius Black dies in book five. Let's see, who else dies? Everyone. Hedwig dies. Hedwig! The owl! The perfect, beautiful little owl. Uh, Hermione starts a foundation called Spew, and it is essentially equal rights for- for house elves, which is funny coming from J.K. Rowling. Ooh, other characters that you miss in all of the books. The the Gaunt family, which is Voldemort's family, which is the descendants of Slytherin. Oh, did I mention here's a horcrux and he has to die? He does die. Also, he gets all of the deathly Hallows. <laughs> okay, I think that's, uh, I'll, I'll stop there because I'm sure I've probably ruined someone's life at this point thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode of author's intent again I'm sorry for the ted talk I hope that you'll join me for my next series of books that I'm going through by c.s lewis the lion the witch in the wardrobe specifically thank you again for louis zong for the use of his song melody meadow off of his album Levels. And that's all I've got for you today. Have a good night, don't be racist.